So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is The Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host. Super excited to have the amazing Sarah Stone here from AB2. Hello. How are you? Good to good to finally get on a podcast with you. I know Sarah and I have been going back and forth, you know, quite a bit. We've known each other for a little while now. And let me just do a quick intro. What I love about Sarah is that she heads the biggest, well, you know, arguably the biggest accounting education provider um, within Australia from a from a private point of view. And she has a, you know, really good slant on education and how it links to business development and performance, which I think is super important. She also comes from a non-expert business background, and I'll get her to tell you a little bit about that. So I think that, you know, when we think about our business habitats, one of the most important parts of it is the education of all of our people within it, all of the people within the, the habitat of the business, but that it should be a matter of course. And I know that, you know, it was something I struggled with when I owned big professional services businesses. And we were so heavy on the technical and also not really on the non-income producing people as well. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation with Sarah today. Sarah, first of all, just tell us a quick, give us a quick rundown of your story so far. Yeah, great. Well, um, I've been around education industry for getting close to 20 years, but I really started in kind of sales and uh, service environments. And then I went sideways into learning and development. And that started in the tourism sector. And it led to uh, a lot of training organizations. And then I went into corporate life and ended up at Foxtel and Ostar, which are regional and metro pay TV services. And I was there for 13 years and very much in the L&D space and really looking at what education is going to set those employees out from the rest. And, you know, from there went into um, BPOs and outsourcing and I was um, approached to take on the role of Exec General Manager at AB2 Institute uh, 18 months ago. And yeah, I am fascinated every day about producing and delivering awesome business outcomes through people performance. Fantastic. And what was the, you know, because you were in a corporate providing the learning and education and my understanding of that is that was an internal thing for all the staff. So you developed and, you know, produced that over, you know, time. What do you find is the difference between looking at a really, when you're talking to corporate or sort of say business outcome driven people as opposed to the professional services expert people sort of when it comes to education and that link to business you know um, I was talking to someone the other day actually an old boss of mine around the differences there and actually we both agreed that it is transferable in whatever industry you're in so if you're talking to let's say an internal department of a big organization to a small professional services firm, you know, you're still starting out with really, I guess, understanding the needs of the organization or the business. And where do you want to be? And that's kind of where I will always start learning conversations and consulting with is, you know, where are you, where are you wanting to be? You know, do do you think, I mean, one of the Things that I always say when we're working um, with businesses is education is the key to staff performance and engagement. And I think for so long, I mean, obviously I have an accounting background, but I work with a lot of professional services people. The training has been so technical, which we need, um, and that's why we we are professional services people. But somewhere along the line, the um, and this is my passion in the world is to put the other skills around so we can actually take our technical ability, make great businesses, 
because we haven't actually been taught, particularly the compliance style of professional services, the accounting ones when it's illegal not to do the tax accounting I'm talking about there, the law, you know, some of the law ones or all of them, they're a bit more transactional. So they do have some kind of sales and marketing arms, but accountings definitely don't. But then also the disproportionate amount of training that goes to the technical staff, the income producers in inverted commas, to then the administration and the business side of that, but not just from an from a staff point of view, but also from a leader's point of view. Like where we go through and we get to a certain point. Um, and frankly, you know, back in the day, we weren't even, we were taught how to review, how to lead staff by watching the person in front of us. And now if we were lucky enough, like I was, I had some very good examples of people who were very good. But this was back in the day when we didn't have all the legislation changes and stuff. And I would just, I don't know, chose right or whatever the court um, thing was. But, but then they didn't even teach me, okay, well, how do you run a business? How do you engage your staff? How do you get clients from outside um, without the referral thing? You know, all of this stuff. I mean, and someone hit it. Someone actually, I didn't realize I had said this, but apparently I did. And someone quoted it back to me. We are just not taught how to have good conversations at all, um, which is one of the one of the big things. So, is that the same in corporate, or do you find it heavier, obviously, in the expert businesses? Yeah, it's a really good question. So if I take a um, step back, like learning is becoming the number one reason that people are wanting to join organisations, which is awesome. So, you know, whether that's a, again, you know, a smaller business to a larger business, you know, what learning are you going to provide me? What education are you going to provide me to become the best that I can be and do the best work of my career is something that I think all business should businesses should really start with thinking about and particularly in the talent market that we are in how do they attract the best people possible well let me show you how we're going to educate you and invest in you with you you know investing in yourself Uh, I think the the landscape is for the most part from my experience Sam that leadership is key and it really starts from the top and you know technical skills are always going to be important and I talk about this a lot in the accounting industry however what is fast becoming again uh, a trend is that businesses are wanting people with the the right success skills is what we call them at AB2 soft skills so you know how do you become more resilient how do you um lead your teams really effectively and how can you pull down those goals of what my business is wanting to achieve and and how do you bring people along for the journey and you know how do you really inspire and motivate them so from my mind the leadership the success skills are just kind of not overriding technical skills because that's like the base foundation but they're going to be the complementary skills that if you know someone is looking at a resume and they've got experience there um, through leadership development then certainly that's a bit of a draw card from my mind. Yeah and I'm actually going to call you there I actually think those skills are actually as far as where we need to focus um, are more important. And the reason why I think that is, I mean, I'm highly technically trained um, mm. and I have spent a long, long time re-educating myself on all of these things. And people look at me now and say, well, I can't do what you do. And I said, you can because I yeah. th- these are taught skills. They are not 100%. something you come naturally with. Without those skills, I can't take my techno- technical skills to the people who need it. I agree. And you, you, you're 100% right. And even if we look at accountants it's a theme clearly for me at the moment but it can be applicable on anything if you can't talk to someone you can't talk to a client as an accountant and you don't have those people skills you're not really going to get very far no and we're going towards heart-centered businesses you know we've come out of the industrial age which was very much sorry even before that the muscle age the industrial age which is replacing humans muscles we're in right now and we're probably at the back end of the technology age. I mean, that will never change when we will. And while I don't think, as you said, technical skills are really important because you actually have to understand them. You cannot get an algorithm to do your thing if you can't interpret it. So they're very important. Mm. But 
you also have to match that with the ability to communicate because and communicate and lead and self-regulate and all that sort of stuff so you can take it to the people because if we don't other people are going other styles of people are going to run with it because they will be able to take it to the business owners of the world who actually need to understand yeah i agree what makes their business strict and stuff like that and while I agree the high-level lawyers and all of those people, which are a very small part of our technology, and the high-level accountants, you'll always have a, a gap for that. But I think we've got too many people up that end and not enough people who are more professional as opposed to f- perfectionists, you know, as the technology goes. And, you know, I think that in a way corporate understands this a little better, I suppose, because they don't have the product. See, at the, mo- at the thing with experts, of course, our product is our knowledge. But is it actually? Let's think about that for a moment. Is our product our knowledge or is it the ability to disseminate it to other people? Well, I think this boils into your your brand and who you show up as and who you are and um, what are the skills that underpin that, that you can have these effective communication skills and you have these great interactions with people or clients. Uh, etc. Like I think that is um, key. And I think going back to the leadership comment that you made, you know, for me, it's about what's that communication style that your people are always going to know the true north so that anything can kind of come in work projects or whatever that is but if we're not focused on that true north and focused on that vision that mission and you you don't have a leader that can communicate that and kind of you know, steer you in the right direction, then um, it really does end up pear-shaped and you're not going to achieve your business goals or your your outcomes that you're wanting to. Yeah, and I agree. And I think you might have hit something there because we work a lot, our magic is in the training and education, but without, we, we start where you're talking about, is so much. 86% of businesses don't really have a really clear vision or goals. 75% of them don't actually understand their numbers either. So, but, and I think I'm going to say that's higher in expert businesses because we are not taught to find our own true north. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, I think that's good. And it's about knowing your why, isn't it? What's your purpose? What's yourself? You know, I agree. I, you know, a lot of people that I speak to on a daily, weekly basis or, or for a number of whatever roles, right? They don't have that one page strategic plan about where they're actually heading over the next three to five years. What is my vision and my goals and my milestones to get there? And then the the really interesting thing is because I'm so vested in leadership skills, uh, which I know you are as well, and building le- leadership capability is that, you know, just smaller businesses are reaching out to us to go through emerging leaders, which is the 101 of, you know, your, how do you have effective coaching sessions, how yeah. you have effective team meetings and one-on-ones, et cetera, et cetera, to get the most out of your, your people and your business performance. And what is really fascinating to me is just how many people that you may imagine would go through something like, you know, we have this other program which you're involved in, Leadership Excellence, and that's probably more at the you know, the business owner stage or, um, you know, a senior leader. But these senior leaders are coming to us saying, I need the foundation leadership skills. Get me started on motivating and leading and managing my people. And there is the big gap that, you know, I was alluding to before is that we expected to lead people Mm. and we're not taught how to. But before we can actually lead people, we actually need to lead ourselves. Yeah. I mean, in the green room before Sarah and I were just rumbling on, you know, how we can be efficient by avoiding drama and, you know, not just, you know, drama in our days, but people who, you know, the dramatic energy that comes in with clients and staff and, and business owners and your, your partner or whoever. And one of the best things I've ever learned as far as an energy or efficiency save, and for me, because I can be quite, I'm dramatic by nature, the dr- it's exhausting <laughs> and I was always exhausted because then I'd take on everyone else's mm. and then get involved yeah. for no apparent reason and um but that's a self-regulating leadership skill it really is and so if we're not taught that we, we can't lead 
people that we can't teach other people how to do that and leave them. I think you make a good point. It's about, um, you know, who am I as a leader? And we always talk about um, Tom, who you know well, and I talk about, yeah. you know, what what's your why and really fully understanding your purpose and yourself first before you can lead others. And I think that is super important because, you know, you can sometimes get lost in the day-to-day of the business. And I think, you know, if you don't keep that again, that true north of knowing who you are as a leader and why you show up, then it's hard for people that you lead to buy into the purpose of what you're trying to do or what you're trying to achieve. So that's something that we talk a lot about. Very good. And I think that, you know, from a, you know, to that's it doesn't matter and I was intrigued can I just circle back there for a minute did you say SME so straight um non-professional services businesses are also coming to I mean it's not surprising because yeah they are leaders leader (laughs) it doesn't matter we're in niche um you know accounting education firm as sorry business as you know but we have any realm and walk of life of business because I, you know, leadership skills are transferable. What we do in emerging yeah. leaders or leadership excellence um, for accountants is what we would do in in a business, um, you know, with internal stakeholders. You know, leadership skills are leadership skills. But what I do think is really important is understanding what kind of level of capability does someone need at certain roles in an organisation or a business and what is the most, like, you know, what's going to be your top one or two things that you work on personally and professionally to take your leadership skills to the next level? And, you know, we have a lot of things around the, the from senior leadership standpoint about, you know, don't dip down, don't get micro with your people, you know, explain the plan, the purpose, your vision, how you're going to get there is really up to them. And I'm very much of a I think we've even talked about this kind of a gung-ho philosophy of going, you know, you set the boundaries and the rules to the game for your people or your team around you, no matter if you're in a big business or a small business, and how they get to to that goal or outcome is completely up to them. And I think that's a really big uh, leadership skill that, you know, sometimes gets missed or not focused on heavily. I think that's true because then that's the difference between leading and managing. Um, as well. Um, and I think that's a great point because it actually, as both Sarah and I naturally, I'm going to make a call here, both naturally control freaks, um, <laughs> but we can't be as leaders um, because yeah. you can control some things, but but you can control that boundary because you've got to let them come. That's how they're going to yeah. learn. Um, mm. No one really learns a lot from success. Everybody learns oh, from their mistakes, hey? Absolutely. It's all it's all about the mistakes you make. And if you don't let them make mistakes because you're micromanaging them, you're never mm. you're always gonna be exhausted. You'll get the same thing. You'll get what you always get. And, you know, something for me, though, Sam, as they go through that gung-ho, you know, it was one of the first books I read. Um, gung-ho wasn't, like, in my life. But, in, you know, in a, <laughs> like, wow, we started high. <laughs> as a, one of the first leadership books, and it's really stayed with me. <laughs> You'll have to read that if you haven't. But um, it's a very simple read. Yeah. But the powerful message is, I, mean, I think, you know, the, we always go through, you know, the rules of the game, you know, from my standpoint. But the thing is you got to inspect what you expect I think that's like to make sure that people are on the right track as a leader and you know that you are managing the outcomes I think you do need to kind of check in and I think that's a you know sometimes that also gets missed um, missed as well um, from a leadership standpoint either in a big business small business you know check in with your people check how they go constantly yeah yeah like even if it's every day hey how are you is anything I can help you with Um, And that takes five minutes. You don't have to have these long involved meetings, even with agendas. It's just set the purpose. I'm just here for five minutes, just checking in. Are you okay? Um, Okay, you had a shit day. How can we make tomorrow better? Like, you know, that sort of stuff. And, again, that is taught. And I think, too, um, the more time you spend in that, the more, you know, the more you can develop your team, the more you can. That's the whole purpose of the professional services models is actually to build the capacity capability not the capacity but the capability within our teams so eventually you have a business that can operate without you and that also includes whatever you do you need somebody else to be able to do it 
because then it's not a business. (laughs) It's not a business. That's right. And it's about, for me, with leaders, when we look and do a lot of consulting with businesses, is it about how do you focus on the right level of work, Sam, that you are capable and that is, you know, really worthwhile your time? You know, it's um, about, you know, Sarah, don't be going and um, scheduling in a training program on the 5th of September. What is the kind of strategic outlook that you're looking um, to achieve in the next one to two to three years? So, yeah, dipping down is is something that kind of can creep in. But, you know, focusing on the right level of work and the right value that you offer to wherever you're working is, is really important. And again, that can be, I think it needs to be actually educated and talked to. I know that we hold one of the only, you guys might have one, um, and I wrote this not because um, I should, because no one else had it, is how do you review? What skills do you need Mm. to review? Um, You know, that sort of stuff because that's been self-taught. And that is actually in an accounting sense, you know, as they come come up the ranks. And then once you get off that, as you get more and more senior, and again, this is finding your true north, as you said, is to spend the time. If you want to be a really great person, a technical person who spends 50 to 60% of their time deep in legislation or whatever that is, and that's where you find Mm. joy, build your business to that. Yeah. And if you want a bigger business that's going to create more things, get someone else in who can create business off the back of that, um, and that's where you're best served. Because, I mean, a lot of the part, you know, we'll just talk about partners for a minute, but a lot of a lot of the high technical people find joy in it. So do that. Don't think, oh, well, I'll go and, you know, you should, or I think if you own anything, whether it be a partnership or a business or anything, you should understand all the mechanisms in the business. And that includes, unfortunately, people. <laughs> yes, true. Which are the business. <laughs> yeah, exactly, the irony. I think that. I think, Sam, you know, the thing that it comes down um, to for me is self-awareness and understanding your strengths as well. So, you know, for Mm. me and when we talk to firms or businesses, it's about, you know, what is it as you, Fred, a business owner or you, Sue, as a business owner, what are your strengths? What do you know that you're good at and what do you need to buy in or do you need to think about to really support to where you want to get to? Um, and to your point, you know, make more revenue or whatever that is for you, um, let's be honest, for the most part, it's that, um, then what, you know, what do you need to buy in? What do you need to build? What do you need to borrow are things that are, it's a really good stock take. And I think a really great awareness um, tool to go, what am I good at? What am I not so good at that, you know, would complement what I can bring to the table? And I think too, you know, what what you enjoy. Because I'm good at podcasting now, but I can tell you when I started, oh shit. So but I enjoyed it. Mm. Um and I thought I wanted to do it. I didn't know why. And I can tell you hard slog. But you know, now we're here and, and stuff like that. So it's actually don't let the fact that you think that something, you know, as a leader, particularly you need to do this. If you're not so good at something but you really find joy in it, a book that um I read at least once a year. It's called Bird by Bird by Anne, Anne Leonard, and I'm just rereading it at the moment. And she, she teaches writing, and she's a very good writer. And in fact, honestly, if she wrote a vacuum cleaner ad, I would read her stuff. And she said, you know, there's two reasons you write. You're either good at it or you love it. Um, and she's got students that are good at it but don't love it, um, and students that love it and are good at it, and then students that love it but aren't good at it. And she'll take the students that are Love it and aren't good at it every time over the ones that are good yeah. and don't. So because the ones that are good and that don't will stop. Mm, that's exactly right. And they reach that threshold and the, the others have that thirst for learning and uh, probably a little bit of failure in there as well. Yeah, because, I mean, and that's another thing. You know, I, I did shit in English and I was always told I was a shit writer. I write a lot now. Um, am I like Evnamit? Absolutely not. Am I aiming to be like her? Absolutely not. Um, but I, you know, can write a good technical thing that actually makes sense. And there's these amazing things called editors. <laughs> amazing people. Exactly. They can fix everything. They can there's grammar check on the computers. Like even Word gets it right now. Oh, something I say to my kids all the time is if you think you can't, you can't. 
and you, you think you can, you can, and it's about what we're feeding into our mind um, is the story that we start to play. And, you know, for me, I may not be good at um, a lot of things, but, you know, it's that drive and that motivation to, and for me, it's kind of the challenge of being good at something that I'm not so good at as well. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. And I think the key is that you have to want to be good at whatever it is you're going for um, as well. And that is leadership. If you want your guys to be good at something and they're not that good at it now, and, you know, I circle back to a stat you said before, which is across every kind of literature research coming out of Harvard, Stanford, all of those, learning is the number one reason why people join businesses and stay in businesses. Toxicity is the number one reason they leave. And not teaching people how learning and saying that sort of stuff is actually in the definition of toxicity as well, you know, is that learning piece. And that means that you have to take, and if you want to lead somebody, you've got to show them that you're trying something new and that you're learning because the best way to lead is to get people to follow you because you, you can, if you're not doing that, it's kind of a disingenuous issue we're taught or sometimes I think in in some of the old some of the leadership I did early on it was almost daunting to me that they expected me to do some of this stuff when I knew in my heart of hearts that I wasn't really even doing that myself. Well I think that you raised a really good point there and for me it's something I've certainly learned over time as well and gosh I talk to my team about this a lot is authentic leadership and you know I think I look at my early on leadership kind of career and go oh my goodness some of the things that I used to do or that I used to say I'm oh, like, oh you're not God. on your own there <laughs> I was like you know what I mean and I, like you know for me now it's just kind of like you know if some if I stuff something up or it's you know I just call it and it's okay to do that you know what I I got that wrong that was not the right way to do it you know we live and learn so for me and just I think the more that I lead teams is about you know enabling an environment from a leader standpoint to show up as your authentic self so come to work and I know it's a bit cliche but be who you want to be but you know be who you are I think is really super important as a leader to foster that environment. And I think too, you know, there is this, um, you know, early on in the piece, you know, when I was starting out, and I think this is one of the big ones that I eventually burnt out, of course, not once but twice because learning sometimes is a bit hard for me. Um, <laughs> At all. <laughs> that was that, oh, don't bring your emotions to work, don't bring yourself to work, really. And that's bullshit. We're one person. And I'm not saying... Right. You know, I'm, I'm saying you still have to be professional. Like there's no question about that. You have to, you know, I'm naturally a person who turns up late, but my, the professionalism in me um, makes me turn up at least 80% of the time on time. And But I also, you know, obviously would ring and stuff if I am. But it's like, no, you've got to, to lead, genuinely lead. And people have this amazing, and everyone does, this intuition of, of what that is and if you're in a business that's expecting you to lead in a way that isn't natural for you because everyone has a different leadership style and you know that you have to really think about that and then that's one of the things I think then if if leaders if when my staff saw me struggling with you know I wasn't talking about people or doing whatever but I was really trying hard to in the first instance, I didn't. You know, I was just getting angry with everybody, which is not a good leadership style. And um, but then people would see me struggling and see me trying to do something about it, even though I didn't actually succeed there. I've had feedback that that was the best thing that they've ever seen as far as leadership goes, because I was trying and I was doing it kindly, and eventually I had to leave. And the the actual point of leadership was leaving with dignity and also no drama. And people try to make it dramatic, but I kept saying, 
there's nothing dramatic. It's not working. I'm leaving. Mm. That's leadership. But I think honesty comes in there and, you know, we've got a value here, you know, uh, keep it real within our organisation. And and I think if you are real and if you are authentic and you have those tough conversations, even though they're really tough as a leader, that they some of the, my worst conversations, if I'm just completely honest and say, you know, we're not allowed to swear on this, are we? Oh, yeah, you um, can. We've already got a need. Okay. Well, you know, let's say, you know, I know this is a shit message, yeah. what I'm going to tell you, but, you know, it is, this is, this is what it is. And I'm really sorry about that. It, you know, if you are sorry, but I think just being transparent, honest and authentic, you know, can really save the day. And it sounds like your employees saw that when you were talking mm-hmm. about your scenario there, just being real and being who you will, they will appreciate that more than the message itself. Yeah. And I must admit, you know, things that I've learned you know, within the accounting industry, obviously, I'll, I'll just talk about that. But I, I know that it's the same in, in any experts' businesses. And the bigger the bigger the industries and the bigger the corporates, this is the same. There's this sort of, you know, because they're older businesses, there's this sort of le- the type of leadership that you're supposed to fit into. And I think that we need to start breaking that down. So I think another, you know, reason is to say, well, you know, letting, I think, the leaders who are in, I mean, it's funny, you know, in the accounting industry specifically, because um, I can talk about that because I've owned them and stuff and, and probably 50% of the time I work in there and I know you're much higher than that, but is that we've got to look at the industry and the way it's leading as well. But, you know, what I'm wrangling with and would love to get your thing as an educator is, is it actually an industry issue? I mean, it, the industry is the actual culmination of everybody in it. So yeah. there is no, yeah. No, I think it's a global one and yeah. it's a great topic that you bring and it's, you'll find that you go into one organisation and it's, just, it's very similar and there's similar themes and trends to other organisations. Um, but what I saw work really well um done in a bigger organization was a leadership persona you know you talk about um what does leadership look like in the business that you're in whether that's a small um you know accountants firm or whether that's big business or a corporate what is important to us as a business for you you're right what industry we're in what are some of the challenges there what are some of the challenges that or or opportunities or strengths that we want to see from our leaders. So really, I, w- I drilled down at an organisation into what um, what capabilities would we want to see in a leader, and we focus our leadership training around that and the development of our leaders. So it might have been that we had, um, you know, resiliency was one of them. One was an owner mindset. You know, how do we build it and get you to treat this as your own business when it's not? So those things work really well to, I think, if you're kind of bird's eye in is go big picture across a business, any organisation, what, what's important to us, what are we trying to achieve and then what capabilities or characteristics of my leaders do I want to see and you can get really drilled down into that like, um, you know, well, then perhaps um, – I'm just making this up, but presentation skills is really important if we're in a media business or et cetera, et cetera. I think that's important too because I think this is – so let me see if I got that right. Let me circle back on it for you, for everybody. You know, as you get your vision and your goals, and, you know, I've worked with plenty of and I've owned plenty of businesses who do get that bit there, um, and you have a quick look at your values and they're kind of a once done then at that point. um, Maybe you visit them once a year that you would highly think go one step further but then take your values and your vision down and then create the leader's persona based on that as well that that's that's powerful isn't it really powerful because you would hope that your values and your vision won't change but what you need from leaders could change and i it could be global impacts right it could be inflation it could be um COVID situation you know what what is important to lead your business through certain times which to your point you may need to revisit yeah you know the business may be going through a massive transformation and what type that you may need a different type of leader 
And I think, you know, resilience is, was one that I think all leaders need these days because, I mean, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is every time you turn up, there's an, and I'll swear because you did, there's another shit show happening. So resilience is something or grit or whatever you want to call it is something that you need to build muscle on um, because you can you cannot control any of that sort of stuff. And businesses are going to change. The way we do business is going to change. The people in the business is going to change. It's always going to be, you know, and it's just coming faster, I think, because of technology. Um, and not only that, we get influenced by worldwide events at a drop of a hat, you know, the Ukraine war, the Queen dying, all of this sort of stuff. So we didn't have that 20 or 30 years ago. Um, and no, so resilience probably wasn't, I'm going to actually let me think, I was around 20, 30 years ago. As uh-huh. like, Maybe other Resilience times never came oh. up. <laughs> I wasn't even aware. <laughs> resilience is always needed uh, but I hear what you're saying like you know there, there are global challenges that are happening all the time that influence what we're doing in business and how we lead and and we need to pivot and you know something for me that is really important as a leadership capability at now now more than ever is agility how do you move and pivot really quickly um, and, and, you know, you may have never dealt with a situation as a leader before, but now we're just dealing with this unknown situation that's never happened in the world. And how do I lead my team of people through that and create a, a sense of calm and a stability, even though it is chaotic out there? And, um, yeah, that, that's a big one for me. Yeah. And I think you can, again, I think agility is one of the one of the areas that I think a lot of expert leaders are going to have to bring, get faster at and learn. And again, it's something that you can, all of these skills we're talking about are all learned skills. Well, they are. And agility will be key. You know, I talk a lot about the VUCA model and, you know, volatile, uncertain world that we live in, kind of what we've alluded to there. But if you have that agility... You know, it doesn't matter what, what's happening. And I think the, the agility, the resilience, and then the ability to not take it personally and keep your emotional level okay, you know, with that as well, that, you know, to be very self-centred and not self-centred as in the true meaning of self-centred, <laughs> as in I, like myself, I am, you know, here and this is not a personal attack on me. Um, and there are joyous things within the day, even if it is a complete shit show, you know, seemingly going on. So, you know, not catastrophizing and stuff, which I think is a very important part of leadership. It's like, you know, when you're looking at the hostie, when the plane's going down and if they're okay, you're okay. <laughs> it's like that one, isn't it, on the yeah. surface or is it it's the, the dark? dark. Um, I always get that wrong. It's the dark, isn't it? Um, you know, it's, it's graceful on, it's the grace, the dark grace. And we can go down a rabbit hole literally and this has turned into an animal conversation. But <laughs> it's that mad scrambling underneath, isn't it? But to your team, to whomever you're leading, you know, whether that's one person that's 100, then you know, you want to appear that you have it. I mean, there might be times of being authentic and going, you know, I don't have all of the answers, but what I can tell you is X, Y, and Z. I think it's so true. And, and, yeah. And swans. I'm hoping we start to wear black swans. Um, Completely <laughs> <laughs> um, lost it then. See, there you go, people. Here's some leadership for you. Completely lost it because I was going down the black swan rabbit hole. So I <laughs> I got you sidetracked. <laughs> but black swans are something that are so rare you never see them. Um, and mm. I think that sometimes, you know, as I was sort of growing up, that I thought that having those leadership qualities that we were all talking about were black swans. were, And I think you're seeing it more and more as necessity. But what you've got to do, you know, to circle back to the main point of, of what we're having a conversation, if you want your business to succeed, particularly in the times that we're in, that you do need to educate yourself and your team constantly on this. And the really cool thing about this is if you can get educated and you can train and teach your, or get coached on resilience, agility and all that, then the best thing for you to keep get that really embedded is to teach your team, um, and then to teach that. So don't do what you know. I used to when I used to, when I started working just straight with accountants, and that I moved from the SMEs. You know, people would come in and say, just you know, just engage your 
the stuff for us. And I used to go and do it because I, you know, that's what the client wanted. And everyone always told me what the client wants is, is the most important. Suddenly did a, you know, woke up and went, what's the fucking point of me engaging the stuff? <laughs> like I leave it, yeah, I'm not. Exactly. So then I went, okay, if you yeah. don't, so then that's the thing. If you do not want to, I'm going to teach you how to engage the stuff. We're going to set the systems and processes up to help everybody. Um, and then you gauge, you lead, you learn how to do that, and then all your team will be engaged even better. And you can teach new teams as they come in and out, and off you go. And this yeah. is the importance, and this is how you scale, this is how you leverage, and this is how you think. But you should never do any kind of education or any kind of expense if there's not an investment in the asset that is your business as well. Well, I think that's a really good point. And for me, what I look at or I get my team to look at is what is the return on investment that we are making here? What are the measures of success that will inform our tree north around X, Y, and Z? It could be onboarding program or it could be, you know, the launch of a leadership program. You know, what is going to, what am I going to hang my hat on that I can say, yes, that worked. Or I think sometimes we get a little bit um, carried away in learning and education around just, giving someone a, a training program that they're not actually going to do things with. And this is what I'm passionate about is, okay, well, how do you actually transfer that into a practical sense for whatever it is that you're doing? And I think if you are a, um, a business owner, you are, um, no matter what walk of life you are as a business department um, owner, you know, what are the success measures of you investing in learning? Um, because I would say that if you don't know that and you haven't had that conversation with your employee, then it could be a, a very big waste of time. And I too, I think um, our CPD points, and again, measuring the wrong things, you know, productivity is the wrong thing to measure. CPD is, is the wrong thing to measure. It's like I just threw that one out. Because what that creates is, oh, they can just sit there for two hours in the lunchroom eating pizzas, watching that and the tick, where they learn. I mean, even coming back, even, you know, even if, you know, our guys and so, you know, we I do a lot of learning, a lot of learning. And my KPI is if I, I'm reading a book, read two, one or two a week, I immediately, or listen to podcasts, I immediately find some way to put that back into play. And then you can take that again and some if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't already. just starts getting meshed in. So whether it's technical or soft and success skills, as you call them, that much better, better name, it's like, but the technical skills are easier slightly to um, measure. Success skills might be, you know, if you, you put somebody through the, say, the Emerging Leader course, it could be, okay, they come and they mentor one person um, and they bring them through. Or whatever that is, but what what a really good measurement. Here's your tip for the day, everybody. Um, I'll give you one, and then Sarah's going to give you one. Is before you start any education, sit down and go, what would success look like for me, and then measure it at the end, whatever that is. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, and I think that's so important, Sam. And as a leader, you know, having those frequent career conversations with your people, your employees, whomever that is, one person again to 100, where do you want to go? Are you happy doing the job that you're in? Do you just want to be the best that you can be in that? Well, let's help you get there. Or is it I want to be in Sam's position and I want to be a business owner? Um, you know, how do we get you to do whatever it is that you are wanting to do? What are going to be the milestones that you track, that we track together? And, you know, I'm not going to, and I think this is the really important thing as well, is that, you know, so often I see with organisations big and small where it's just like, right, well, we're sending you on a leadership course today or we're sending you on a time management course. Well, have you actually identified that that's a skill that they need or they want or um, are you investing in the right place? So for me, what's super important is that kind of overall diagnostic, you know, where are what capabilities, again, kind of going back to that, those leader characteristics, what are those key drivers of capability that you want in an organisation? And, you know, then kind of going, okay, well, globally we need this or locally we need this. And then what does that mean for the individual that I'm speaking with and what's a plan to get them that skill? Absolutely. If that's what they need. And it all comes back to planning and having those conversations constantly. 
um, as I always bang on about, and I'm sure people are quite bored of it, but I do it every day, is if you're trying to do this, you have to be doing small, sharp check-ins all the time, even mm. quarterly is too long. Like you should have milestones and stuff like that. But, you know, even when you're all remote, um, a good leader will check in and, you know, um, my crew is all, all around, God knows where, um, and but it's a quick texting back and forth, how are you going, do you need me, what's, you know, what's going on, um, just some kind of check. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a skill that needs to be done and you cannot think of it as a waste of time um, because that actually builds relationships. It's the constant yeah, everyday it, stuff that builds relationships, not well, the beautiful right. meetings that you have once a month to check in and, and you go, well, why haven't you done that? It's like, mm. well, I agree with you. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing is it's about skin in the game, right? So, you know, it's all good that someone can invest in you to develop, but what are you going to do to invest or grow yes. yourself as well? And really going back to those strengths, what am I good at? What am I not so good at? And how do I get that? And who can help me with that? Yeah. And what, who can help me? And I think too, that's a key to leadership, particularly if you're the, top of a business um and i just mean the hierarchical top or you know you're leading um have another support crew outside as a mm -hmm. leader you need other people um do not do, this is not a lone job a leader should be leading you know being followed following somebody um i don't know who said it either follow me lead me but just get yeah. out of my way <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's true though. Like a lot of our executive team um, and leadership team in our business uh, have a coach, have a mentor. And, you know, I can't tell you how much I get out of my, um, I've got a mentor and um, she's really amazing. And, you know, it could be anything, you know, and just starting at a point where, you know, you didn't expect to start to kind of, you know, what's big for you at the moment, what you need help with, you know, just having that soundboard um, to someone removed from the business that you're in can really help. And I think that's something that's often missed in leadership training as well. It's like we're all human. We all need our space. We need our safe space and we need people. And, you know, when I first came out of the small to medium business, the tree services business back in 2005, wanting to help business owners, that was the one thing I wanted to help them with. I realised how lonely it is to be able to lead teams, make decisions, you know, do that. And, you know, I don't think I'd even really, you know, gone down the leadership path or anything back then, but I certainly understood the the difficulty of, of owning a business that really wasn't as romantic as it was made out to me because as an accountant, you know, I thought business was easy and it's not. It's tough at that. I mean, look, it, you know, any level or, you know, there's challenges at different levels of an organisation or a small business, medium or a big business. But, yeah, to your point, it can be very lonely. Um, you know, if you are the, the CEO or and you don't have that sounding board kind of around you or that peer network that you do need to go outside of those four walls to, to get. And sometimes you do need somebody, um, and I've got coaches that do this. Um, and everyone, the difference between a coach and a mentor, a mentor's done mm -hmm. it before and they help you through it, whereas a coach kind of makes you the best you can be. Um, you know, coaches who, you know, I always have one one in my back pocket who go, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> pull yourself yeah, in, that's mate. Right. You know, sort yeah. of things like that because, you know, we do – we do need our ego checked every so often in a very kind way, a questioning, curious way. You know, make sure do not let anyone be rude to you or abusive or anything like that. That is not leadership. That is not mentoring and that is not coaching. It is saying, okay, get them to come up, you to come up with, you know, your own, your own thing. So all very powerful stuff. So I think this was a really interesting slant on mm. leadership. Um, and I think too, I think one of the things that I'm taking away from this conversation is that you can get education and you should get education, but leadership comes to implementing it, practicing it, 
making mistakes, leading yourself, start with yourself um, or your dog or your horse or, your, you know, whatever first as well. You can't get them, you have to follow them. Um, and it is transferable then to parenting and, um, you know, any other kind of leadership and look for really good examples of leadership um, just around. One of the, the, when I speak about leadership and I've got the cup over there, um, was um, I had a, was having a really bad day, you know, things had gone right. I was having a bit of a bad time years ago. And um, the woman at the coffee shop sent me up a cup, like my, my coffee, um, and it said, you've got this, you're okay. And she took the time, she listened, she heard what's going on, um, she just led then you know just something that she probably was a bit uncomfortable doing um and then she led it so that's a really good example of looking for leadership it doesn't necessarily come from the people who sit in seats no it doesn't and I've learned so much from the different leaders and bosses I've had along my way and you know certainly a tip that I would say um probably the newer leaders you know um, starting out is, you know, take what you can from the leaders. You might love something about working for Sam, but you might hate something about working for Sarah. And that all comes into adding to your leadership or your manager toolkit that you're going to then inform who your story, your leader story is. Yeah. And it's really good to learn from things that, um, I haven't quite got this forgiving, but, um, Apparently it's something you should aspire to. But when you do see that, um, I've gone back and reflected on some of my more uncomfortable um, positions in the past, shall we say, and taken what I could from it and tried to find something that they did really well um, and then the, the things that weren't done well and then ensured that I never did that again um, because of what its impact was on me. So I didn't want anyone else to have that impact because I was actually, because you can pattern it. So, um, you know, that's, that's a good leadership thing. The most too. powerful learning technique. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to drop all your um, links and everything down um, into the show notes and really enjoyed having you today. It took a bit of a different turn. I think we did an amazing job on kind of normalising leadership in a way. Mm, I think so. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. And as always, and this is particularly um, apt to leadership, is um, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform?